This is Fix It. I'm Nishant. And I'm Kevin. Today, we're fixing the discovery and development of human potential with two-time Olympic gold medalist and all-time best athlete in Oregon history. That's my objective and subjective assessment, Ashton Eaton. It's an honor to have an Oregonian that's accomplished so much on the track as well as off of it. Ashton has applied the same dedication that drove him on the field to one of the biggest issues of our era, education. He's committed to helping the next generation thrive in every sense of the word, in the classroom, on the field, and online. He's worked with several Silicon Valley companies and is currently working with Intel on exciting initiatives related to the 2021 Games. Nishant, I should point out that Ashton is even a champion of long distance runs. You ran a lap around me once when we were going through Golden Gate Park. Well, I think it's either that he's fast or you're slow, but welcome to the show, Ashton. Thanks for having me, guys, and uh, for the illuminating intro. Uh, We do what we can when we can. Ashton, can you tell us a little (laughs) bit more about what discovering and developing human potential entails and why there's a problem associated with that? Absolutely. So when you think about sport as an example and why uh, athletes kind of go to the Olympic Games and really are able to push the limits of what uh, humans have done uh, up to this point, uh, it's because of the environment that is conducive to their, to their training and development. And so when you take that kind of sport context away and put it into the context of just everyday people, I think we have a real problem uh, in our education system with how we discover what people's potential, and that could be their skills, abilities, and aptitudes are, and then how we actually develop those things after we discover them. So Ashton, talk to us a little bit about what has been done so far on this problem and why it's been inadequate in helping solve the discovery and development of human potential. For sure. So I think this, this problem hasn't been holistically solved. And I say holistically because I do think there are really good things about uh, the way we, we educate and develop young people into the, the uh, adults they become. But I don't think it's been holistically solved just because it's, it's insanely complex. <laughs> um, you have, I think, a lot of different interested parties with, with different incentives as, as it relates to how we, we teach young people. An example would be, you know, in the United States, we have a higher education system that is almost kind of a, a gateway, if you will, to the job market. And I think people see the job market as really the, the ultimate um, sign of success. If, if you can be a person in society who has a steady job and you're able to um, you know, live a happy life with, with decent income and uh, that kind of thing, then you're a successful person. And in order to get there, you kind of have to go through the steps of uh, going to college, graduating high school, and doing these things. And within those systems, you have basically milestones, if you will, uh, that, that you are supposed to hit and you're competing with other people in order to hit these things. So we can see the common core standards that states agreed to as far as what kids should learn and basically get tested on from a state level. And, you know, those test outcomes would be indicative of, you know, the amount of funding that perhaps the school system got. And so just, it, it's almost like it's um, manufacturing. <laughs> it's, it's, it's almost like, uh, I think Ken Robinson uh, is a, uh, is, is a famous TED talk about uh, education and, and creativity and, and uh, 
childhood development. And he said, basically, you know, we, we look at manufacturing cars here rather than uh, growing a garden. And the key difference being um, there's an organic process to how people um, essentially find and, and develop what they, what they love to do and uh, what they want to do. And so, you know, it's, it's even, I think, um, to somebody like me who's really just getting started in wanting to solve this and kind of inexperienced, uh, even hard to explain. But overall, um, it's, it's just uh, a, an old system that is um, designed for a certain outcome. And I don't think that outcome is what people are capable of. If that makes sense. No. It, it makes a lot of sense. I think something I think a lot about and I've talked with you about is when you think about the design of our education system and how it originated from an agrarian economy. We don't have a mm -hmm. summer so that kids can go to summer camp. We have a summer so that kids could go back to the farm and make sure we could harvest things. So our system is just so anachronistic. And then in terms of that idea of discovering someone's potential and then developing their sense of creativity we also have a system as you pointed out that doesn't allow kids to fail and the idea of failing is something that's warned against that's guarded against and we don't create the for lack of a better phrase safe space for people to develop that attribute of failing learning from failure and then trying again yeah i completely agree uh, again, I'm coming from the uh, framework that I know, which is sports. And like you said in your intro, uh, I, I had, I guess, latent abilities, if you will, with just being athletic. And what's really fascinating about sports is you, we often don't actually miss sport talent. We, we don't often miss in society somebody who, who has kind of these, these abilities. And you know, the question is why, what, what's the reason for that? And um, I think it's the way the system is designed. Like when you go out to the playground, it's really easy to spot who's fast because kids are kind of running around and playing. And I, I think with, with school and maybe, you know, I want to be careful with my terms here, but just academics or a creative outlet, an example would be actually my own mother. She at, I think, 55 years old discovered she had uh, a love and a passion and uh, uh, aptitude for art, for painting. And what was fascinating was she had all these old boxes from when she was in, uh, I think, elementary or middle school. And <laughs> in these boxes were uh, kind of like report cards and letters from, from her teachers. And these, these report cards and letters said, Roz uh, really loves art. Uh, she's, she has a very creative mind. She loves to do these things. Um, but the, the interesting thing is like those were unopened and it was almost if, you know, her kind of potential um, was locked in a box, if you will. And it just kind of, she had to rediscover it when she was 50 years old. And it's, I think those are the types of, you know, that's just one example of, um, I think just the, the system kind of failing. No, it's, it's a fantastic example. And it's funny to think about the fact that we can so easily identify, like you said, the fast kid on the playground. There's no hidden mm -hmm. athlete, but there are a lot of hidden geniuses. And so, mm -hmm. Ashton, I wonder if you were a benevolent dictator and could redesign our <laughs> system to better discover and develop human potential, what are some of the fixes you would be thinking about and 
are you taking any steps right now to kind of work toward implementing those solutions? Yeah, absolutely. So I just want to be clear. I think what we have as far as education today, uh, there's really good things about it. So what I propose as a fix wouldn't be a total necessary, necessarily overhaul of what we have um, going. Uh, and let's, I also want to be clear, I'm just talking about the U.S. specifically, but I think a, a supplement to what we currently have. And what that looks like to me and what I'm actually working on with a group of people right now is developing almost a, what I call a tertiary form of school. So this would be geared at, I think, a, a formative age of development. So like late elementary to early middle school uh, kids. And what it would do, I think, is fill the gap of what the public and private school system has for those young people right now. And to me, that gap is, for lack of a better term, project-based learning, but with all these kind of components that are, I think, relevant to how the world actually operates. An example would be, you would show up to this uh, academy that I would have set up, and we would be doing a project where there'd be hands-on building involved, gardening, changing of tires. You, you as a student, would probably, let's say, like, be in a team and say, we are going to give you materials. Um, and, and money, and you are going to build a like chest of drawers as a team. And with this chest of drawers, you can design it however you want. You can buy more stuff if you need to. And then we're going to go to the local Saturday fair or whatever Saturday market, and you're going to sell it. And you're competing against your other classmates for who can sell it for the most money. And when whatever you guys make from your sales, um, you get to keep that in like a little school bank account. And so now you have to like keep track of your own accounting. That would just be one example of an idea that came to my mind as like, what would be actually useful for these young people to participate in that could be fun, creative, give them a sense of like how the real world works, how to interact with folks, how to make and sell something. And so I think long story short, there would just be so many aspects of those types of learnings um, and those, those types of creative um, areas that I'd like to, to develop. Additionally, um, I would like to bring in more, I think, stakeholders into the conversation of education. If you look at, let's just say, a, a creative agency, they would make commercials or graphics or whatever for large uh, global brands. Uh, those people, those creative uh, folks, why can't their abilities and like, skills be used for curriculum development, for education? I think bringing in those types of folks would be hugely beneficial to um, kind of the, the innovation of curriculum and have them partnering with teachers, have them partnering with people and companies actually in the communities that these schools are involved in, um, in addition to the parents. And getting their buy-in, I think, is, is massively important. And I think maybe the last point is teacher development as well. So almost a coach for the coaches, if you will. Yeah. And so, Ashton, if we're thinking about how to encourage our fixer community to act on these reforms and to act on these ideas, are there any suggestions you have for how fixers might be able to spend their time, money, or use their social media influence to try to drive us toward this world in which we make sure there are no hidden geniuses? <laughs> yeah, um, it's, it's, it's something I've actually thought about a lot to, you know, since we kind of started having conversations. I, I don't really know one, one place to go. What I think might need to be done initially and that fixers could help with is one, critical feedback for uh, any ideas that you've heard here. <laughs> um, but two, I think gathering 
more um, almost like a community, if you will, of, of people who have a like mindset and wanting to change the system. And then from that point, this, this kind of community, um, I'm sure they exist already, could start to develop like almost a, a, a plan or a clear, clearer path to what might need to be done. Because again, this is, I think, such a com- complex issue that um, it's hard for me to just uh, say there, there's any one place to go. Ashton, we were, we were really hoping for a silver bullet. What the heck, man? Yeah, I know. You know what's interesting? I actually, when I retired from track and field, I went straight to the uh, internet to look at stuff. And I think at the time I had found out that Elon Musk had created a school. And for whatever Elon, better or worse, <laughs> you know, kind of his, his deal is, he, he does start things and kind of move forward quickly in their development. So I went to visit this school and um, it was really fascinating to talk to the person who was running it. He was like, my age and uh, just really creative in, in the way that they approach educating these young people. And so I kind of asked him, like, what, what is the silver bullet? And uh, he didn't have an answer either. But in large part, it was teaching people how to uh, think. <laughs> well, Ashton, we can't thank you enough for being on the show. We really appreciate your time and hope our listeners get after building a community and starting to accelerate this discovery and development of human potential. Yeah, I appreciate it, guys. And uh, thanks for uh, facilitating the conversation. And thank you, Fixers, for joining us. Be sure to check out our show notes to learn more about Ashton and the discovery and development of human talent. And are there other Fixers out in your community that are solving interesting problems? Let us know by tweeting at us at fix underscore cast and using hashtag fixer. Until next time.